0: And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Ah, people, welcome back to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. What are we talking about today, Heather?
1: Oh, well, I'm not feeling quite ready to talk about it. (laughs) Oh, get ready. (laughs) We're talking about readiness. Um, And I think the word readiness makes most people immediately think of kindergarten as the next word, but actually we're talking about a broader topic than that, just when a child is ready or not ready to face uh, whatever's coming at them.
0: So what's that look like?
1: Oh, it can look all (laughs) kinds of ways. I was thinking of just the difference between this summer and last summer in our family, um... I have, you know, sometimes a parent knows that the child's ready, but the child doesn't know it yet, so there's that delicate dance and balance that you do to sort of uh, encouragingly push them to the next step, but then there's times when you need to say, whoa, this is not right, not a good fit, and if I just wait two years, it'll probably all be fine. (laughs) But sometimes waiting two years seems way too long, and we just want things to be ready in a minute or in the next five minutes. And, and kids, they don't grow up on command.
0: I, I had an email from a, a Facebook message from a mom yesterday that, that kind of struck, struck a nerve with me. And then you brought up this topic for recording, and, and I thought there might be a relation. She's got a, a child, little girl, 2.2 years, 1 month old, and apparently, she already knows all of her colors and shapes, and all of her numbers and and letters. And they were looking at reading sight words. And then mom read an article about about uh, uh, that reading too early might not be good for kids. And and what do I do? And this sounds like a a very concerned, very engaged, very loving mother who. Is at a loss because I mean, there's there's the whole thing. We all want children to be ready and 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 to support their their interests and their learning. And and so, where do we find that point where we're pushing or we're following their lead, or how does that all relate to this?
1: Yeah, well, I think that um, as a as a nation right now, adults are more willing to push when it comes to academics and early academics, mm-hmm. whereas that's a category I'm more willing to say they'll be ready, let their brains mature, uh-huh. um, and because there's different things kids need to learn at different times, and most human brains, no matter what country you're in, um, aren't ready for that sort of learning until later, even though maybe they can memorize some of it, but could they be making better use of their time being a two-year-old?
0: Yeah, example. yeah. So
1: when you're talking about pushing, I'm, I am i don't necessarily um, think that it, the academic side is where you need to push, but sometimes taking a social risk can be something an adult can give a helping hand for and say, I know you can do this, let's see how it works. And, you know, um, for example, last summer I um, – Took my kids to a YMCA day camp. It wasn't a sleepaway; it was just a little day camp, and it was the sort of thing where I'd investigated and found out it was pretty play-filled, and they had water fights and silly games mm-hmm. and songs. And it wasn't—it was just a camp that wasn't trying to do much except have a good time. But being away from home in a different circumstance—you know, you're away from home from in school, but not necessarily with a bunch of new kids, I knew that um, my youngest would have a fantastic time if he just got over his fear of a new thing. Uh And newness is... Kids are facing newness so often. So anyway, last summer went... Dropping him off the first day, he's he's clutching various parts of the car seat. Uh, you know, He wasn't in a car seat, but, you know, various parts of the car and screaming and crying and trying not to be extricated from the car. <laughs>
0: kind of like trying to put and a cat I, in a bathtub?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of like a cat in a bathtub. But I said, because I knew it was a fine place and I knew that he was actually ready, although he didn't think he was, uh-huh. I said to him, I know you're scared. Doing something new is scary, but I know you're going to be okay. And then I helped him come out of the car because I had confidence. I think the confidence that we can give kids sometimes is not to cave into um, you know, complete I'm scared, but just to acknowledge they're scared and show them I have confidence in you. I know you can do this. Um, and so we dropped him off and at the end of the day, you know, he was completely soaked from uh-huh. the water fights, and he'd had the best day ever in his life, and so on. <laughs> but you know, you, you, sometimes you miss fire, and it turns out it was the worst day in their life. Yeah. But you sometimes you have to say okay, and then flip to this year. I dropped him off at another little day camp, and um, instead of tears and clinging to the car, he just kind of gave me a, a gentle little push and said, "Go away, mom." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, you know, that's the sort of thing that the difference of a year can make. Uh-huh. Because I knew he'd be ready for it last year, but he didn't think he was. And this time I knew he'd be ready, but he was over ready. You know, God. get away from the parents. Yeah, Let hit me
0: hit the road, establish
1: Mom. life on my own terms.
0: Yeah, it's, it's amazing how, how just time in, in, in those things are all it takes. And, and I think maybe that's one thing parents need to and caregivers need to need to work on is is finding that balance of when to bite your tongue and sit on your hands and let things unfold at the child's pace and when to when to step in and offer that little bit of nudge out of the car to get them over that 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 initial sense of fear and it, it, it's kind of a rough tough dance to do sometimes isn't it
1: Oh, it can be a rough, tough dance to do, and sometimes you're going to make a total mistake and just acknowledge that and say, you know, I goofed. I mean, And there's different kinds of fear. I mean, a child may be scared of a scary um, picture in a book or a scary monster on TV and, you know, saying, I know you can handle this and put them in front of it. That's not going to help. It Time will help that fear, mm-hmm. you know, or... Um, finding some way that they can be safe would you like to watch it with a blanket over your head (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which works really well for a lot of kids because they can sort of see a little bit through those cracks in the blanket Uh but not more than they want to
0: and and So, so so to help kids along this path maybe we as the adults need to be a little bit better at doing our scary thing or or facing the things that we might be a little bit scared of, knowing that on the other side of that fear lays positive ground?
1: Yeah, it depends on the fear. So <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> that can be a big one. But practicing getting over reasonable fears ourselves is is good for us. But um, sometimes the kids notice, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> depends what fears you're talking about. I think It's hard to do the dance, but if you know, if if you watch your kid and you know what they're capable of, sometimes giving them a nudge. You know, let's say you have a really athletic child. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is an example of my brother when he was young. He was a great athlete, but he was scared to join a team of any sort. So my mom gently nudged him to join the soccer team because she thought just the way he runs and the way he gets so much joy from this. He was probably by that time nine years old. He wasn't, you know, one of the little three-year-olds chasing a ball. Yeah. (laughs) But that nudge, he needed a lot of that in order to start anything. And once he started it, it became his favorite sport for you.
0: Uh, Did I lose you? Uh, Excuse me, listeners. Apparently we lost Heather. I'm going to hit pause, and we'll see if we can get her back on the line.
1: You know, if you start something and give it a try for, say, two or three weeks and if you absolutely hate it you can stop but it's often that first day or just first trying that needs a little bit of a helpful nudge Um, so if you know your kid and you have confidence in what you're suggesting give it a shot see what happens
0: and what if you don't have that confidence Uh, a lot of parents they have a version of that but they also have so much pressure from outside, whether it's peers or the media or whatever, and uh, uh, cultural expectation of what kids are supposed to be doing at a certain age. And how do you filter filter that out and yeah. b- balance it with what your child is, is needing? Well,
1: it's hard to filter out the world and it's hard to filter out the fact that everybody else's five-year-old can swim across the pool or yeah. everybody else's seven-year-old can ride a bicycle with no problem or whatever the thing might be. So a lot of these things will time will solve. Um, it, sometimes a child's just not ready. Um, I remember, I mean, swimming's a big thing. My kids are really late swimmers. They They only put their faces in the water at around age 10. <laughs> No. <laughs> they think they're going to drown every moment before that, and then when they're ready, they can go immediately from not swimming at all to suddenly swimming a whole lot. So when you're ready, you're ready. um And you know, as my experience was I swam very early, so you can't expect that what you did as a child is what your own kids are going to do. But you can. I think it's a, it's calming, don't you think, Jeff? Just to think. You know what? Let's see what another year or another two years will bring. And there's a lot of maturing that happens with with a couple of years' time. So oh, yeah. When in doubt, let time be the answer. When
0: when in doubt, when in doubt, wait.
1: When in doubt, do nothing. I mean, I, I
0: I hear this all the time about potty training or biting or when should my kid get rid of the the pacifier or when should they this or that. And usually, it's usually. N- "Quote unquote negative stuff that that uh, they want the kid to get beyond, and I mean, my stock answer is they're probably going to be over it by the time they're going to prom." Uh, because most kids are potty trained by the time they go to prom, and most kids aren't biting their friends when they're upset when they're (laughs) ready to go to prom. And I mean, we we tend to. I'm
1: just picturing the pacifiers at the prom. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, I mean, maybe some of them are still. Apparently, that was a. I don't know if I'm so out of it. I don't know that. I don't think that's a thing anymore. But it sure was for a while. But yeah, I mean, just just that waiting. Um, I, I maybe another. Thing we could we could be aware of in these situations and, is when you're going to give them that little nudge. Make sure you're doing it in in a safe environment. Um, to to kind of, it's so that if it if it is if you if you did misjudge that that there's not a whole lot of public fallout for the child. Maybe I, I'm thinking I I saw uh, a child in it was at uh, where were we um, at the grocery store about a month ago. And uh, must have been grandma was in front of me, and then me, and then probably this eight-year-old behind me. And right away, I knew this ki- this kid was was paying for something by themselves for the first time. And so okay. I, I got put in there as a spacer, apparently. And and so grandma wraps up, and she's she's kind of standing fifteen feet away from the uh, the register, and and I'm having my transaction taken care of, and this kid is just kind of quivering. Um, and then I get out of the way and he gets up there and 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 grandma was like, uh, he's been wanting to do this for a long time but hasn't been brave enough. So I just finally told him today's the day. And and then the kid comes walking up with the box of cookies or whatever it is he bought just a huge grin on his face and, and grandma had just given him this little this little push to do it. But if it had been in a at a big store like the week of Christmas uh, it would have maybe been a little bit overwhelming for him. This was like a Tuesday morning at the grocery store when when they weren't really busy and it was kind of a, a safer haven for for the little nudge.
1: Right. So I think that the, this story sets our our example of how to do it is. If you're going to try to do something, make sure you have someone like Jeff, who's an early childhood. Professional, <laughs> just standing, right, standing, in the standing right there when your child's about to take an independent step. <laughs> uh,
0: Heather, maybe that's another. Maybe that's a business we could start. We could just kind of kind of show up and be the buffer um, for for those situations. Um, we could you know make it a schedule thing, and they could they could fly Heather in to, to do that. And and uh, I think it might be a a good second Yeah, we can have a you. living
1: standing in grocery store <laughs> checkout line.
0: <laughs> it would be great. Let's get to work on that. Well, have, uh listeners will have the website up in no time. Um so <laughs> <laughs> what else what else do we need on this topic uh to need people to know?
1: Well, you know, it comes to mind is a really great picture book called Leo the Late Bloomer. And I don't do you know that I book? I don't Jack?
0: think I know that one. I'm sure Ron Oh, and Leo do. the
1: Late Bloomer. He was part of my life cuz I was a late bloomer in a lot of categories. <laughs> and so my mom read it to me a lot um anyway leo the lion is a late bloomer and in the course of the picture book you know all his other animal friends can do things and he you know they can draw a picture and he just does a scribble they can run he can only fall over and by the end of it he can do all these things because he's ready and that that you know everybody does things in their own time and i think sometimes we as adults lose track of that that we want Oh, you're four years old. You must do all the things all four-year-olds do. Uh Oh, you're seven years old. And we fixate on what seven-year-olds do, what five-year-olds do, instead of everybody comes to things at different times, and being late is just dandy.
0: Yeah, I mean, developmentally, there are these these windows for developing certain skills, but uh, they don't, most of them don't just slam shut at, birthday number five or birthday number six there, those windows are open for for long periods of time and so uh it's because each child is developing on their their own schedule we got to kind of kind of pay attention to that and maybe we need to be aware that although a kid may have the skill or ability to do a thing uh they may just not want to and I mean they and, and 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 a version of that is probably okay too uh for example i think i i'm 48 years old my mother is still waiting for me to learn how to swim um i i, I can comfortably put my face in the water um i lost you again all righty listeners hold on and so my mother is still waiting for me to 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 swim i'm putting my face in the water and 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 but I I just don't know if it's ever gonna happen for me, Heather. Is is that an okay thing too for, for some things? It's okay as long as you don't fall out of a boat. <laughs> well, I usually make sure that, one, I'm wearing a life preserver, and two, I haven't been drinking too much. So um, that's, my, that's my— There you go. Or it's a really, really big boat, too. So I, I, I cover my bases that way. Um, should we wrap this one up, or we got no, to— Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that in a more serious response, yeah. is that
1: okay? It completely depends what the, what the thing is you know, swimming versus, say, using a bathroom. There are certain yeah. things that we all need to learn to do. But, you know, the timing of it and how we come to it in our own way is is so individual. And just because a family is a family of swimmers or a family of artists or a family of whatever you are, doesn't mean that the next kid in the family is going to, to pick up on it. Be in on that so, thing. Yeah. So be prepared to let things go. And Sometimes it skips a generation into the grandchildren. So there's a good way to wait and be patient for time.
0: Yeah. All good. Wait a
1: generation, not yeah, wait. a year.
0: Talk about being patient. Uh, <laughs> uh, Should we shall we, shall we? wrap this one up oh, or we, we got yeah, more? Yeah,
1: I just had one more comment was uh-huh. when, if a child's not ready, you know, I wouldn't portray being anxious to them and, and not to push them and just, say, I know when you're ready, you'll be able to do it and just give them that boost of confidence that it's just when they're ready and their time frame is just fine. Yeah. And And that they will be able to when they're ready.
0: And like we talk about so much, it's, it's having those conversations. Hey, this might, this, this seems like something you're uncomfortable with now. And, and, and you can talk about the why and talk about the, Hey, when you're ready to move forward on this, let me know. And, and just, just, having those conversations kind of will give you a a good indication of how much you need to push and how much you need to pull back in those situations
1: right so when in doubt time is your friend
0: there we go hey listeners we'll be back next week with another episode of renegade rules thanks for tuning in enjoy your week bye 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 thanks for listening We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.